what caused us greater concern was the intelligence that met us upon entering the lake, namely, that the men deputed by our conductor to summon the nations to the North Sea and assigning them a rendezvous where they were to await our coming, had met their death the previous winter in a very strange manner. Those poor men, according to the report given us, were seized with an ailment unknown to us, but not very unusual among the people we were seeking. They are afflicted with neither lunacy, hypochondria, nor frenzy, but have a combination of all these species of disease, which affects their imaginations and causes them a more than canine hunger. This makes them so ravenous for human flesh that they pounce upon women, children, and even upon men like veritable werewolves, and devour them voraciously without being able to appease or glut their appetite. Ever seeking fresh prey, and the more greedily, the more they eat, this ailment attacked our deputies, and as death is the sole remedy among those simple people for checking such acts of murder, they were slain in order to stay the course of their madness. That, my friends, was from a 1661 Jesuit relations document. Now, at the time, they didn't have these terms that were related to the medical condition called Wendigo psychosis. And maybe it was Wendigo psychosis. Maybe it was the Wendigo. It Coming to get you, Barbara. I'll swallow your soul! All right, episode 15 of The Real Demons of Pop Culture. I'm your host, James Ippolitti. This week's demon is known by several names. Wendigo, Wittigo, Wittigo, and Wittigo. Each roughly translates to the evil spirit that devours mankind. So I hope you've had a safe Halloween and a couple weeks it has been since then. Uh, I was out last episode. I did not do an episode. I did do a bonus just to let you know that I couldn't do an episode. And believe it or not, I got COVID again. And it's funny because I brought that up in the little bonus episode of me telling you that I was not going to do an episode because I felt all weird and stuff and I had maybe that fog brain. Well, it turned out I did have COVID and that's why I was feeling all messed up. So uh, it's been a couple weeks, but it, it hasn't, it's been since an episode, it's been about a month. So I apologize. I hope you enjoyed the past several weeks and um, got lots of good things coming up. So let's talk about the artwork for the Real Demons of Pop Culture coloring book. It's going along really nicely. Um, if you have not signed up for the newsletter, please do that because I will be doing a Black Friday giveaway. And that is for the book Lurking in the Dark. It is a horror tube anthology. And one of my horror stories, my horror short stories, is included in this anthology. And I will be giving away that book on Black Friday to one person who's in our newsletter subscription thing. 
So please go to the show notes, go to the newsletter, sign up, and you'll get uh, sneak peeks of all the cool artwork that is coming along for the coloring book, for the Lesser Key of Solomon Ars Goetia Demons. And my friend Chris just told me he's really excited to show me the next demon. He's very proud of it, and I'm excited to see it as well. And I will reveal that to you in the newsletter. Now, when it comes to demons, I believe the Wendigo is a demon because in all of the literature that I've researched, it has always been labeled an evil spirit. Now, the word demon did not necessarily mean evil, but it definitely meant spirit in the original way of translating that word. And it wasn't until it got translated to Greek where it got more closer to the Diablo part, and then it got evil, and the Christians said everything that is not theirs is evil. So if it is defined as an evil spirit, it definitely is a spirit, and it definitely is evil. Um, So please understand that if you are anti-Wendigo being a demon, I think you're wrong. So there you go. And if you want to fight me on that, please, comments, find me, tell me it's just a cryptid or, you know, it doesn't belong in a demon category. I'm more than happy to debate, have a nice, friendly conversation about that. Let's do my lucky number thing. So the way this works, I'm going to pick a number this time between 1 and 20. I'm going to think about it. And then you're going to write it down, and at the end of the episode, I'll reveal the lucky number. You will have an extra special day if you get it right. If you get it wrong, you will have just a normal good day. Nothing bad will happen. All right, I'm going to count down and think the number between 1 and 20. 3, 2, 1. Okay. I hope you wrote that number down. I'll reveal that number at the end of the episode. So descriptions of the Wendigo actually can vary quite a bit. But let's talk about what's common in all the cultures that view the Wendigo as a evil spirit. They will say that it is a malevolent, cannibalistic, supernatural being strongly associated with the winter, the north, coldness, famine, and starvation. The Wendigo is an Algonquin legend. Under the title Algonquin, there are several different Native American tribes, and the way they describe the creature is a giant with a heart of ice. Sometimes it is thought to be entirely made of ice. Its body is skeletal and deformed with missing lips and toes. So a lot of the images of the Wendigo is that you can see its ribs, its skeletal. It is emaciated, and certain features of someone who maybe is found in the snow or frostbite, like lips being gone, things like that are related to the image we get of the Wendigo. And the thing about the Wendigo is it has this voracious appetite, but it cannot appease the appetite. So it will eat and eat and eat, but never feel satiated. Uh, Sometimes I think I'm the same way. The Ojibwa, now I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that correctly, O-J-I-B-W-A, Ojibwa. Well, you know what? It's funny. I'm from Philly, so I just realized I say Florida wrong. I guess it's Florida, but I say Florida? I don't know. So forgive me when I'm trying to pronounce these words uh, that are Native American. So the Ojibwa describe it as a large creature as tall as a tree with a lipless mouth and jagged teeth. Its breath was as strange as 
hiss, its footprints full of blood, and it ate any man, woman, or child who ventured into its territory. And those were the lucky ones. Sometimes the Wendigo chose to possess a person instead, and then the luckless individual became a Wendigo himself, hunting down those he had once loved and feasting upon their flesh. That is the possibility of the original 1661 description we got at the beginning of this episode that the men they sent to kind of be missionaries for the Jesuit order ended up destroying all these people, their whole group. You have to look at it as, did the Wendigo come and and basically eat everyone or did it possess these men? Which I believe that's the answer because the, the description is about the men doing this stuff. So were these men possessed by the Wendigo? And so Wendigo psychosis is the idea that you as a person can just all of a sudden have this awful fear that you're going to start eating people. It's like a snowball effect because you think you're going to eat people and then you're afraid and so you keep piling it on and you go crazy trying to prevent yourself from eating people. And that's called Wendigo psychosis and there are several instances it's basically you're, you're afraid you're going to starve to death, so you feel like you're going to have to eat people, and then you start to crave flesh. And this is an actual mental illness that you probably didn't know you could end up having. All right, so we have another description. This is a Ojibwe, blah, can't even say it right. Ojibwe, I don't know, Ojibwe, blah. Anyway, his name's Basil H. Johnston, and he is a teacher and scholar from Ontario, And his description of the Wendigo is as follows. The Wendigo was gaunt to the point of emaciation. Its desiccated skin pulled tightly over its bones, with its bones pushing out against its skin. The complexion, the ash gray of death, and its eyes pushed back deep into their sockets. The Wendigo looked like a gaunt skeleton recently disinterred from the grave. What lips it had were tattered and bloody, unclean and suffering from suppuration of the flesh. The Wendigo gave off a strange and eerie odor of decay and decomposition of death and corruption. So more Native American versions of the creature spoke of a gigantic spirit over 15 feet tall that had once been human, but had been transformed into a creature by magic. Now, all the descriptions, as I said earlier, do vary uh, very slightly, but they are generally said to have glowing eyes long yellowed fangs, terrible claws, and overly long tongues. Sometimes they are described as having sallow yellowish skin, and other times they are covered with matted hair. Said to have several skills and powers, including stealth, is a near-perfect hunter, kind of like the predator, knows and uses every inch of its territory and can control the weather through dark magic. They're also portrayed simultaneously gluttonous and emaciated from starvation. So this comes from this idea of groups being out in the cold, in the snow, and ending up having to survive and avoid cannibalism. So there's a couple ways that this Wendigo thing can happen. If you resort to cannibalism, then... That's when the Wendigo is created. Now, that's one idea that eating people, you know, being a cannibal turns you into a Wendigo. Now, this probably occurred a lot back in the days where 
you know, you had to do whatever you had to do to survive when you're trying to be a settler or Native Americans living in different parts of the North. But there were other versions that basically said uh, humans who displayed extreme greed, gluttony, and excess might be possessed by the Wendigo. So this is a way to get everybody to kind of cooperate, get along. Like, hey, man, everybody's got to do their part and don't eat too much of the food so we end up not having any food left. So you had to basically share, have rations, do everything as a group, or you'll they scare you into the fact that you're going to become a Wendigo. There are a lot of pop culture references to the Wendigo. One of my favorites, though, is Pet Cemetery. And the Pet Cemetery story kind of takes some liberties with the Wendigo, but it is one of the reasons. So the idea is that the Wendigo had this pet, well, they didn't have the pet cemetery. They had their own cemetery, and then the pet cemetery was next to it. But if you crossed over the big wooden pile, you get into the Native American cemetery where if you bury something, they come back to life. Um, but that is just one. I mean, it's in several, several pop culture things. If you have a favorite pop culture story, TV show, movie that involves the Wendigo, let me know in the comments on any of my socials. They're all in the show notes. Now, one thing I didn't bring up about the look of the Wendigo is the antlers. Usually every depiction of a Wendigo, it's like a humanoid standing on its two feet, but it has uh, antlers. It looks really cool. A very cool thing. I wish, you know, I at least could see one. I think I could outrun a Wendigo. I mean, I'll, I would try it. Uh, as long as I have a gun with me, I don't know if you can shoot them. Anyway, there's a really famous um, case about Wendigo psychosis, um, and it was a Plains Cree trapper from Alberta. His name was Swift Runner. And during the winter of 1878, Swift Runner and his family were starving, and his eldest son died. 25 miles away from emergency food supplies, Swift Runner butchered and ate his wife and five remaining children. At some point, he gets caught and uh, I think tries to lie about it, but ends up admitting it. They, they figure out he did this, Swift Runner did this, and uh, he was killed for that. There's no other way uh, to take care of that, apparently. Now, back to pop culture, I found it really interesting that the Wendigo is a Marvel comic character. Yep. So, that means in the MCU, we could end up seeing a Wendigo. And that's because in the Marvel comic, it was the Incredible Hulk. Uh, issue number 162 is the first appearance of the Wendigo. Now, if you just watched um, Werewolf by Night on Disney+, Plus, which I thought was excellent, they're introducing these supernatural characters into the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I believe it's because they're going to do like a supernatural-type adventures. So the Marvel Universe is going to have some supernatural heroes slash anti-heroes, and I think the Wendigo could fit into that world. I don't know if it will. It probably won't, but I'm excited about the possibility. So that, my friends, is the Wendigo. Winter is coming, and it is getting colder. And depending on where you are in the world, here on the east coast of America, it is definitely getting colder. And I think Buffalo just got like six feet of snow. Buffalo, New York. 
Buffalo, New York, six feet of snow. That is crazy. So if you're out there in Buffalo, watch out for the Wendigo or any other place in the world that is icy cold. Hey, send me a message. Tell me you're safe from the Wendigo. Um, and I would love to know that. Let me know what the weather is where you are so I can keep an eye on you. And I will have a brand new episode in two weeks. Now for that lucky number. The lucky number is 17. Peace. Be sure to follow me on TikTok at James Ippoliti. I'll be back in two weeks with a brand new episode. The Real Demons of Pop Culture is a Gorilla Delphia production.